It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking the podcast on the road this season. We want you to come with us. We're heading to Tampa. We're heading to Nashville. We're heading to New Orleans and maybe a couple other surprises. Thanks to fansofphilly.com. That's P-H-A-N-S, fansofphilly.com. They put all the packages together for us. We're going to hit the road. Set it and forget it. Four-star hotels, direct flights, tickets to the game, tailgates, pregame festivities, and can be a part of our show's as we're there the whole weekend, wherever we are going. Fansofphilly.com. Make sure you use the code BGN so we all stick together and come have fun with us as we cheer on our Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles, and take over every stadium that we are in this season. Fansofphilly.com. Promo code BGN. And that's the bottom line. Go Stone Cold Simpson. Oh, what's going on? Stone Cold Nation! It is episode 316, because BGN said so, baby. Welcome to another edition of the Bleeding Green Nation podcast. And uh, we thank you, woo, uh, woo, we thank you, especially, though, wherever you are tuning in out there on uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, uh, any fine uh, podcast app uh, such as Satchel or maybe even, uh, I don't know, is there a new one out there? Is there a Fred Flintstone podcast app that you know of yet, BLG? I don't, John, but, I mean, what better episode to have Stone Cold Steve Austin 316 before tomorrow night? That's right. We're going to be having beer. I mean, I'm going to be out there. We're all going to be out there just smashing beer cans in our hands. I don't even know there are going to be cans there. But for for the (laughs) sake of this discussion, this hypothetical, there are going to be pouring it all over. I'm going to be riding ATV out into the middle of the Fillmore. It's going to be great. Yeah, uh, some stone cold brews that are happening because of phillylovesbeer.org. By the time you're listening to this, we probably should be saying today, tonight, is when it's happening. And just as BLG said, live at the Fillmore, we'll be broadcasting, but more importantly, four-ounce unlimited beer tastings from 50-plus 
breweries. Chili Mood is performing there. We're going to be there. You need to be there, too, and you can uh, come for a very discounted price. It's 45 to get in, but 10% off uh, if you use the code BGN18. That is 1-8. Don't spell it out because that would be an awful promo code, but BGN18. Just go to phillylovesbeer.org and click on the Fillmore event. It is opening tap. It's the best festival for Philly Beer Week. It kicks it all off, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So come join us at the Fillmore, and we'll have a lot of Super Bowl memories because uh, of that. Also, too, just real quick, some uh, some house cleaning. If you are not a Patreon subscriber yet, you need to become one very quickly because I just got done mastering the very first episode of Vince Quinn's Upon Further Review Season 2 Electric Boogaloo. It's all about Spygate, and if you have heard it before in the past, uh, might want to Google search it if you haven't. Uh, listen to those. It's a hundred times better. The storytelling is amazing, and if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get early access to that. Also, you get uh, uh, you know lengthy uh, interviews from Isaac Bruce because... You know, he likes to tell his side of the story. When it comes to Spygate, there are so many great elements in this, and you definitely need to go and do it. He's going to be doing it pretty much all the time now. So, Patreon subscriber, you get early access. It will hit this feed next week uh, if you are not. So, um, everything works out for everybody. I can't wait for you guys to hear this. I also love the fact that... That uh, when BLG is in the locker room, I mean, it just blows up. It's electric in there. And after OTAs, as uh, as he went around just, you know, interviewing players. And, you know, Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks are always willing to talk. I've, I, and, and they're great about everything here, BLG. But, um, you know, you were in the, the media scrum and the media huddle uh, with, uh, with Lane Johnson in with Brandon Brooks. And, uh, you know, it keeps coming up. And I think it was, uh, was it Ed Kratz who was next to you that had just, you know, mentioned uh, uh, the, the Patriots thing, speaking of Stone Cold, on that podcast when uh, Lane brought it up to look for a little more specifics. But uh, what happened? Because you had a fantastic article about uh, Brandon Brooks and his thoughts. Well, thank you, Johnny. And clearly, you know, I have a high efficiency here. Look, I'm not always going to be breaking the biggest stories. But when I enter the locker room, and, you know, I just decided to turn it on. I mean, it's all bets are off. <laughs> you know, right. the, the biggest that's scoop right. comes to me. Um, that's that's what we are here at Bleeding Green Nation and BGN Radio. But jokes aside, yes, I was there in the locker room on Tuesday after Eagles OTA practice. I was wanting to talk to Brandon Brooks, actually, because it's something we're going to get to very soon when it comes to offensive line continuity. And I wanted to ask Lane about it, too. I would have asked the other offensive linemen, but they weren't sitting there at the time. And uh, Ed Kratz is... You know, from uh, the Eagles Wire, you know, Teron Davenport's our good friend. His site there was asking Lane Johnson about Cassius Martz, who, by the way, is, I believe, the half-brother of former Eagles player, Curtis Marsh. Mm. You know, uh, everyone's favorite. I miss you know, Curtis Marsh. What's he up to these days? I don't I, even know. Nothing. Right, Just nothing. I'm going to so, Google him while you're telling this story and find out. So Cassius Marsh, you know, got cut from the Patriots last year and recently now with the 49ers he was talking about how much he hated it there and he wanted to retire so Kratz was asking Lane about that and Brandon Brooks says those guys just sit like really close together their lockers are next to each other but they're like sitting just right there <laughs> and and Brandon Brooks just decides to weigh in he's like dude yeah I'll come in here there. too he was- well here and uh and because BLG is uh, an expert in this here's the audio from it um, and it's uh, it's a great perspective. And you know, when I when I read the article, uh, I, I certainly thought of 
uh, a, a bunch of different things, BLG, because you even mentioned at one point, like, yeah, like you would consider retiring because it, it even though he wasn't down with the Patriots, he had a, a Patriots protege that was running the Houston Texans the yeah. same exact way that uh, Bill Belichick did. So, you know, uh, you pride a little bit on that, and here is uh, what Brandon Brooks and uh, Lane Johnson had to say. So, for me, I came in under Kubiak, who was just an older version of Doug. Then I went to O'Brien, who was, you know, Belichick, and then I came back to, you know, Doug, who was like, oops. So, for me, like, man, great. Like, I cannot. Not twice here? I cannot tell you how much better this is than it was down there. It, it's just night and day. What, what does Stout say? Happy productive workers. Happy workers make more productive workers. That's yep. exactly what it is. Like, when you're not having fun, man, those grind, you know, those hard-ass, hard-nosed days. And all, all, all the media was talking about is rings. Rings. I'm going to get this ring and never wear it fucking one day. It's all going to be put away in a box. The only thing you're going to remember from your playing days, you're not going to remember the scores, you're going to remember people you played with and how you felt. And that's the truth. All the, all the funny shit that happened on the field in the games. All man. these guys want to talk about, I'll take the rings. Okay, you can have your rings. You can also have 15 miserable years. So why do you think <laughs> it is like that? Have your rings. Huh? Why do you think it is that way? Like, why isn't it more like here, elsewhere? Because it's one of rings, so that's people think that's, you know, what it is. And that's like, I mean, Lane, to me, still has the best line out of that. It's just... You know, uh, fine. You want to win all those rings and have 15 years of fucking miserable, <laughs> you know, a- emptiness? Uh, go ahead. I would rather have one and 15 years of you know greatness and and all that. And or who's to say they can't be both? Like yeah, why does exactly. it, I think that's what Lane's whole point too. By the way, it's not that he's saying the Patriots are necessarily wrong. Like that that their model isn't working because clearly it is. And you even see it in some of the comments he makes. Or he says like, look, they have their model. It's worked for them. That's great. And I think he's even talked about, he said on Stone Cold's podcast, like, look, we have to learn how to have that longevity. He's not totally just like shitting all over them. He's saying it doesn't have to be like that, though. Like, there's, it's not like that is the only way. And I think that's something that gets lost, especially in football culture. I think people just think it has to be like super strict and miserable and, and a lot of because you've seen the Patriots have success that way. But I think that's what's so interesting about what the Eagles have going on now. And thinking about the Super Bowl itself, that was one of the most interesting matchups of all. Like, not even talking about just on the field stuff, but just how these two, it's the direct opposite, too. That's the crazy thing. It's not even, like, different. It's just the total direct opposite. And Brandon Brooks even said that. He said, it is night and day how I come in here, we're all just hanging in the locker room. It's great. We take care of our business. We're professionals. Lane was even talking about that. It's like, look, it's not just all fun and games here. He said, we take care of our business, but we yeah. also get that respect. And that, and uh, and then Brandon Brooks even said it himself. He said, Jeff Stoutland, the offensive line coach, says, happy workers make productive workers yeah. or something like that to that effect. And, and that's the case. In the Eagles case, we saw how it worked out. Now, the drawback is, you know, does that create an atmosphere where things start to slip? I think we had seen that a little bit, you know, by the end of Andy Reid's tenure there. There's a concern that things could be too loose, but... For now, that team hasn't crossed in that territory. They've Doug Peterson, to his credit, and Brandon Brooks compared Gary Kubiak, who he was there in Houston with before Bill O'Brien came in, to an older version of Doug. And guess what? Gary Kubiak ended up not winning a Super Bowl with the Texans, obviously, but he did with the Broncos. So, yeah. like, there's some validation that you can have this method that doesn't have to be all super serious and strict and really just, like, honestly excessive. Like, if you're coming into Houston, you're Bill O'Brien, and you have these pictures of, like, the Pro Bowlers and guys are watching 
TV during lunch. And, like you have to take all that down? Like I don't know. Just, <laughs> yeah, just, like, maybe no goes, more like, of that. Bounce. No one. And no it, one. Yeah, it's just such it's a military funny. move. Yeah. It, it, maybe if like you're the Browns and you're like not winning at all, it's time to shake things up. And look, I think like Bill O'Brien's method, like there's a me- there's a time and place for that. I think the work he did at Penn State was clearly like they kind of needed that discipline there, like especially with that situation. And, and he got a lot of credit there, and they did well under him in that short time. So there's a time and place for that. But I think I, it just it doesn't have to be the norm. And I think the Eagles proved that last year, and we'll see if it can be this thing over a long period of time. I mean, that's that's what people are going to say. Well, the, the Patriots, you know, it's sustained success, but it doesn't it just and just from a human level, like it just sucks, man. Like that Brandon Brooks, especially he's dealing with depression, too. And he, he just thinks that like his life has to be like this, where it just has to be miserable. Like I'm a football player, I get paid millions of dollars. That's great. But why can't it also be like I actually like my job? And thankfully for them here, it is like that. And I think that's great in terms of. That's why players are coming to Philadelphia. That's why Mike Wallace and all these guys are coming and taking less money to come here. Yeah, and th- that's what blew me away the most. And I almost wonder, you know, because when culture, that's that cu- is the culture that Chip Kelly was talking about. Yeah. He didn't know how to build it, but this is what it was. Yeah, certainly. Or just didn't have time to do it. Uh, but there was, uh, and to me, when I look back at, you know, 2016, and that's when you first learned about Brandon Brooks's condition and coming out of that environment and being in this one, which is, you know, like he said, it's night and day. I wonder if – I mean, that had to affect him. You know, I wouldn't want to retire if I was dealing with all that stuff. Plus, like, I can't have any of my individualistic, you know, type of uh, approach. And uh, Bill O'Brien hasn't won shit doing this either so you can say the same things all you want and and honestly that's where you know the patriot way if if the patriot way didn't have tom brady it probably wouldn't be as good and people would detract from it and people would start talking out of you know out of the loop here but you know they've they've they're, they've done what they've done they've established it and listen i'm all for the slander i don't care i know people get tired of it i'm not i never do i want to see this thing destroyed i want to see them because it reminds me real do you ever see the movie whiplash no. It's a carbon copy of this. It's the same argument of just like this kid who's at this high-class music school who's a drummer that comes in and is trying to just be the best drummer of all time. Like, that's his goal. He wants to do that. And the the instructor is literally uh, a, a dictator, <laughs> like a violent dictator of, of all of that. So it is the it, go watch that if you haven't already. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, and it came out in 2014. Miles Teller, uh, who is uh, also uh, a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I don't know if he's a very good one, but he is one uh, nonetheless because <laughs> I saw him uh, last night at the uh, the Dodgers game too getting interviewed by Murph. So, uh, But outside of I that – another point to that, John. Oh, yeah, go for the, it. The fact that, like, you know, they shouldn't be talking – like. The Eagles won the Super Bowl. They can talk yeah. as much shit this offseason as yeah, they, they want can, to. Exactly. It doesn't happen every year, guys. Like, enjoy the moment. Like, relish in it. Like, in, enjoy it while you can. Don't <laughs> don't temper it. <laughs> and don't be like, oh, we don't have to be petty. No. People were super petty to us for, like, eternity about having no Super Bowls. So if we finally get one, we can be as petty, petty and as critical and everything as we want to be. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it, like, 
why is everything now compared? Everything's still compared to that, too. Well, in Boston, you know why. But, like, outside of that, even here, I remember hearing that initially after the Eagles won the Super Bowl for the first time. It's like, all right, let's 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 calm down. Let's not just disrespect <laughs> the Patriots because they've no. won a lot. I was like, no, fuck you. I'm gonna, I'm, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. They had fun doing it. They were doing the electric goddamn slide against the Chicago Bears. Like Tom Brady lost to a backup quarterback. <laughs> yes, he did. And that's outstanding. And I'll kiss Doug's forehead for as, for as long as I live because of all that. He outcoached the coach, and uh, uh, they can never take that away from anybody. So that's really exciting on that. BLG, I want to do, since we are on the O-line, we are been talking about OTAs, and uh, there's been a lot of great breakdowns this week, by the way, gang. So make sure you go back and uh, certainly listen to the Next Level podcast. As uh, you know, BLG had mentioned Teron and Barrett Brooks already that dropped on Tuesday, and we'll get to the other some bitch that dropped on Tuesday there uh, with the <laughs> Counterpoint podcast in just a minute. But um, uh, great Trying break to, to keep them down. Yeah, please. man, oh man, we we'll just you give him, you give him a little bit, you just give him an inch, and he wants the whole enchilada now. Uh, but uh, yeah, and you had mentioned this when we were just talking with the OT update on uh, on Tuesday, where Isaac Sayamalu, I've been thinking about that all week ever since you said it. He's not on the second team. He's not on the third team. That all might change, and this might be nothing. Uh, uh, but it's the off season, and I I'm, I'm bothered by it. What what is the deal there? Like what? Where in a perfect world does he still fit? Because I don't even think he's he's obviously proven he's not that great of a guard. And at best, he is shown that he can be that third tackle. You know, when they're going those really big packages on, uh, you know, on goal line. Or, yeah, but you, ideally you don't want him. You don't, know. Yeah, you don't want but him here's there the thing either. With that. They're going to have Jason Peters presumably back healthy, so Big yeah. B's going to take that role now. Exactly, and that's exactly what you want with that. And I'm, I understand as, in terms of the depth chart as I keep, you know, I keep having to go through uh, the 90-man the roster as well because I forget that, you know, John Toth is, is still there, all six five three ten of them, backing up Steven Wisniewski, and then you obviously have Jason Kelsey, and there's a lot of, like, center guards that are on the roster as well. But, like, I, that's what I don't understand. Isaac Salamalu, to me, has still been, his number one position has been center, and they're not even bothering with it. They're not even putting him in that direction and I'm well, they I, are I, John I don't know oh, are they and then yeah that's what, that's the only thing he is doing actually okay. in practice he's doing so it's weird like he's not doing any full team drills but in seven on seven where there's obviously no actual offensive or defensive lines there it's just mostly the receivers and the defensive backs but they do have him snapping the ball there and like acting like and then he treats it like a real rep you know he gets into his stance he gets into his drop back it's not just like he's snapping it lazily like he's treating it like a real rep so i don't know what the deal is there maybe he's some kind of injury he hasn't really been available in the locker room no one's really talked to him i asked brandon brooks like what the deal is he didn't seem to know so i don't know it's a really good question you know uh, I was working on a mailbag post that I haven't posted yet, but our good friend Ben Solak of the Kissed and Solak show. Yeah. Also dropping at, by the time you hear this podcast. Indeed. He asked me, what's Isaac Samalo's future with this team, basically, or at least his role in 2018 alone? And I was like, I started to answer it. And I was like, man, like this is a long, it's going to be a long answer because there's, it's such a weird, it's just such a weird spot that he's in because he comes in last year. He is the undisputed starter. Like all off season long, he's getting first team reps for the most part. 
Uh, Alan Barber, I think, was still recovering from injury, so he wasn't even in the mix. And then they traded him, so he was gone. And then they pretty much Frank Reich announced Smalla as a starter. Like I think even before Barber was traded, so uh, so they they had him in there. They believed in him all off season. They didn't really even give Chance Warmack much of a look there. And all of a sudden, Smalla comes in. He plays two games that are terrible. And then he gets benched, and he's, like, forgotten about, yeah. basically. And he probably would have been inactive if Jason Peters stayed healthy. So it's just it's crazy how he had that season, especially in a year where so many other players overachieved. It, it was weird. So and now he comes in, and it's really unclear. I, I would guess he would be, if healthy, the top backup to Jason Kelsey because you would think Wiz, they might shift him over, but I would think that they don't want to shift two starters at that point, you know, keep Wiz at left guard and then just try to bring Smalo in there at center. But I mean, looking beyond that, even I think his contract's going to be up after next year. And if Kelsey's Kelsey's going to be here this year, at least there's no guaranteed money in Kelsey's contract right. after this year. So if he struggles, they could move on. But I mean, Kelsey just had an awesome year. He was an all pro. Yeah, he, yeah. he, he was pretty much the best center in the league. So I don't think, I, I think he's going to be at least around for another season, barring something crazy. So I just, I don't know. I don't really know where Samala fits in. I saw Jimmy Kemsky had kind of mentioned, not inside info. He kind of just wrote a uh, players that they could trade column and, he put him in that group, and I would agree with that. I guess yeah. if there's like he kind of just doesn't naturally fit in. They don't have to just get rid of him to get rid of him because he's cheap. But I don't know. It's it's a really good question. I don't think we know the answer yet. We have to see what's going on when he's going to come back to practice. But it's weird. It's it's a weird situation. And the the coolest thing ever, at least for me, is uh, is that uh, the one and only Taylor Hart is not only getting reps at right tackle, but he's getting second team reps. At right tackle, I want to keep good last year at times. Yeah, he did. I'm, I'm. Uh, listen, man. Well, for relative to defensive tackle playing yeah. right tackle, I'm yeah. rooting for him just because I need that. What was that? 2015 or 14 draft the 14, class? He's the only <laughs> member. I want to talk to him about that in the locker room. Yeah, uh, coming up here about how he is the only. That's crazy. Isn't to think it, about that. He's the only surviving member of the 2014 class, and he's been cut once before, or many times, obviously. Yeah, a couple so. times. Yeah, I'm still. I'm just. That's the. And it's a different position. <laughs> Yeah, it's a completely different position, which is amazing. So I think that's something we need to keep an eye on. And speaking of draft sure. classes, too, like, you know, 2016 obviously wasn't that uh, far. And first of all, thank God that our baby boy Carson Wentz is working out handily, even though uh -huh. I got to address something because people were yelling at me. And listen, I it's just I, sometimes I just like to think about other things for a moment. I, you know, if you not could, allowed. if you could, if you could, BLG, if you could select any quarterback right now to start your franchise, who would it be? Just out of curiosity, any quarterback, any quarterback, like so, it's starting a franchise, starting a franchise, like, brand new. I'm not just winning, trying to win a game, right? Like this is a long term, long term. Thing. Thing. I'm Carson Wentz, of course I am. Okay, yeah, I mean that's a, I. So I, I had said, I said, you know what, I'd consider Jimmy Garoppolo, and you would have thought like I started World War Three. Obviously, well, Carson Wentz is my guy. I'm not going to like steer. Are we counting contracts in here too? Because I mean, that's part of the thing. I know Carson has to get paid, but right now, he's still yeah, yeah it's going to be year. it's going to be about the same thing. There, the, the the funny thing is, is and I always remind myself of this: is they're only a year apart. Like Jimmy G is 26, yeah. uh, and the only reason why I said it is because, well, you know, contract sure that's it, but uh, upside he's only had like an you know an AC joint problem and not uh, an right. ACL MCL. That's the only reason why. Uh, I just wanted to address that out there. 
uh, because of that. And I was having fun. It's the off season. I'm going to have bad takes, and guess what? I'm going to be wrong. But I'm not wrong about Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think. I, I can. I just I like say Jimmy G. But let's I, see a little bit more. Yeah, everybody opinion. says that. Like it's, it's only been six games. He's going to be a very good quarterback. John, he was like Kyle ranked Shanahan. over like Malcolm Jenkins and Lane Johnson on the top 100. I know it's a yeah. dumb list. I mean, but that's, like, the that's fact stupid. that that's happening kind of shows like that's where my frustration is coming from. Sure, that's maybe. why I'm saying like let's see more because like if we're seeing those games and all of a sudden he's being ranked over them, like come on. Yeah, I, I, I listen. I, I get it. I just know that he's going to be a, a, a and it's not just him either. It's the combination yeah. of him and Kyle Shanahan. I think are just going to destroy totally. the NFC Absolutely. West. So that's that's really why I want to say just want to address that Carson Wentz looking fantastic and of course like PFF was oh, having God. a very big. Uh, Eagles Love Fest today, and I appreciated everybody chiming in, including Zach Ertz and all this. Just like, hey, we've determined that Fletcher Cox is an elite pass rusher. It's like, oh yeah, no, no shit. Thank you very much for your for your good grades on uh, on an obvious thing there, Captain Obvious. But the whole reason why I brought this up in 2016 draft class is like it doesn't look great without Carson and without Jalen Mills. And now you can I probably can add Halapuli Vitae to that list. Yeah, you know, that's a solid fifth that's, round that's, pick. I mean, that's that's actually a pretty great draft. You know, did they get anyone undrafted that year too? That I'm not um, thinking obviously of like the top of my head. I will think about that, but I don't think so. I mean, like Alex nope. McAllister was seventh round. Uh, uh, Wendell Smallwood was Joe Walker is still around. Oh yeah, I mean, Joe for, Walker was there. Yeah, for a seven round pick, that's like it's it's fine. And it's listen, Blake Countess is still playing somewhere. I can't remember uh, where. The Rams now. Yeah, that's right. So he's, uh, oh yeah, he's the kind of their uh, return or something like that. I, I'm noticing that too because like you know, I uh, when Smallwood's uh, still around too. Yeah. I, I, it's it's getting to the point of just the, and I kind of felt that you felt that way, uh, getting all the way back to the original point when Salomon was drafted BLG, or you didn't really have a, a take on him when he was because I just kind of felt like ah, that's uh, that's a real well, it's an safe play. Line. I mean, how much? How can you really be like <laughs> that excited about it? Yeah, unless you're well, was your friend. Is it, yeah, it was the only it was the only real time I think I studied tape with Ben Deton that year, and I was like, all right, fine. I mean, he was okay, but um, it's just there great. was this clip of him mauling the crap out of uh, the 49ers draft pick, uh, the oh, DeForest uh, Buckner. I think yes. he just like just I love that. Yeah, clip. that was fun. That was a lot of fun. So we'll have uh, to keep an eye on it. But yeah, getting back to I think what you were getting excited about, and you know, um, we talked a little bit on on Tuesday as well, but it just needs to be reinforced. Like Carson looks great. And better than two or well, in Joe Callahan and his tiny frame and tiny body uh, as well, I would say like he's the he's the best looking uh, quarterback in uh, in OTAs so far. We're really, um, you know, I, I'm I I I, I want to use the word impressed BLG, but it's just just because he's on schedule and he's on time, and it doesn't look like anything is bothering him. But I will say. Uh, you know, he is he's still favoring the the knee. Like he's not putting a ton of weight on it, nor should he be. Uh yeah. and, and like I yeah, said, he's not ready to play right no, now. He's on schedule. He's on he's on definite schedule. And I think that's I think it's very I here's how I keep phrasing it. I just don't know how I can look at him, or really anyone can look at him and be like Oh yeah, no way he plays in week one. And then, and right. we're hearing like I, I still see that. I still see that in some replies or whatever in comments. I see it some places. They're like, oh, you have to sit him. I keep saying, no, you don't. Like if he's ready, and it looks like he will be. Now I get like people want to be overly cautious, but like okay, at a certain point, you're being cautious for the sake of being cautious. You're not even being cautious for the sake of. 
like functionally cautious, I guess. So if he's ready, he's going to be ready, and he's going to play, and he's going to want to play. And how are you going to tell your star player that you're not going to play him if he has a if there's no good reason? You know, like look, Carson, you can't play right now. You're not ready. That's one thing. But if he's ready, you don't just hold him out. And the other thing is, like I said, I think I've said this, I don't know if I said it last week, I said it before, though, like, Nick Foles, we've seen him have some really bad games. Like, you look at, again, you look at late last year, that's possible. You don't want to get off to that start if Carson's there on the bench and he's healthy. Like, if he can play, play him. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, certainly. And I... And we'll just have to kind of wait and see, but I, I'm feeling pretty good, as, as you have felt, about that he's going to be ready uh, for week one. Also, just real cool things, because uh, there's some Sidney Jones uh, talk ahead of us that I'm really excited to get into. Did you, uh, did you get a chance to see that uh, Game Pass um, film session with uh, Jaws and Baldy with Doug Peterson there, BLG? Not yet, Johnny. Well, let me just uh, – I mean, the whole thing's great. And the, 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 the uh, clip I'm about to – play to you he gets through explaining like their day one install of uh rpos and how they use them in their offense and they actually use the cleveland browns game from 2016 and carson wentz's you know uh, debut there as a as a professional athlete to kind of see and it's interesting because you can see the the progress of the offense and where where it gets ramped up and how uh, even uh, m- uh, many wrinkles are added on to it from this year when you're everybody's trying to learn this offense to the next one. But Dougie P. did say something pretty interesting here, BLG. So one of the things that we do with our backs, and this is something that I learned being around Deuce, being around guys that were with Chip Kelly. Yeah. One of the things the backs always oh. did is that it, they disengage. Okay. So they go through their footwork. Oh, I don't get the ball. Now we disengage. Right. And we stay out of the way. Stay we out stay the way. out of the play. So Deuce Staley, <clears throat> via Chip Kelly, taught Doug Peterson a little something about the RPO. I'm just uh, I just wanted to make sure everybody was aware that my uh, my ears were working correctly in that as I will always say that uh, Chip's ideas were absolutely correct and we all said that too BLG. We all said that that is what uh, Chip Kelly's offense should be and should look like if it ran correctly and had a creative mind like Doug Peterson and I just wanted to point that out. That's all. Any comment on there? Yeah, but who is the creative genius? Doug, who is Doug, the offensive Doug genius Peterson of those is. two people? Yeah, exactly. And and part of why is because he's willing to take other people's concepts and not just assume he is the genius offensive mastermind <laughs> by himself and doesn't need anyone's help and is very willing to credit other people. Well, as and that is a big that's a big reason why Doug Peterson is so successful is that he seemingly just lacks ego in a world where. In an environment, I should say, where there is a ton of ego. And Chip Kelly, Certainly. for sure, had a ton of ego. Everybody does. And also, Chip Kelly said Not the same Doug. thing. He's in, he didn't say he invented football. Everybody else did. Uh, around that, he specifically said, "No, I'm not saying you're that. in the locker room like with the, Newt the way fucking Rockney." His offense, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was his. It was his way or the highway. We saw that. It, Chip Kelly it totally was still good. Was. Chip Kelly would work anyway. Uh, the the other thing that is uh, is he coaching again? Uh, UCLA. Um, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, he got blackballed. Uh, the um, the thing that I love the most because as I have said many times. In um, uh, comparing Sidney Jones to how excited I am uh, with that and and Ben Simmons' rookie debut this past (laughs) season. And by the way, 
Stay tuned for the Easter egg, because if you didn't think we were going to not talk about Brian Colangelo when we had the opportunity to, you are dead wrong. So uh, we don't want to uh, you know, muck up the Eagles podcast with that, but stay tuned after the music, because it's probably going to be an extended Easter egg on that. Sidney Jones is, quote, turning heads from one Albert Breer. Tell me about that, BLG. John, this is so funny to me. Is Albert? I don't even know for a hundred percent here if Albert Breer is like getting this information from Eagles coaches or you know some people inside the building because then it would be interesting, right? If he sure. did, because it's like wow, he's really impressing the coaches. Yeah. That's something to know. But just to say that, that like Sidney Jones is looking good, like he hasn't been to those practices, so where is he getting that from? <laughs> he could be getting it from me for all I know. But like no one's quoting me saying that Sidney Jones looks good. They're quoting Albert Beer, who's getting that information potentially from me. Yes. So I think that's kind of funny. I also think it's kind of like funny in a way that like sucks for me, but just kind of funny as a whole. And this happens with Adam Schefter from time to time. Or like yeah. there'll, there'll be this like minor story or this there's, does not even have to be a minor story. It could be a major story that breaks out and a local people will all be writing about it or tweeting about it. And then like the national guy tweets about it and then people pick up on it just because he has such a bigger audience. And it's like, oh, Adam Schefter, the story's coming from him. It's like, no, this happened like two weeks ago and it's yeah. public knowledge. Like this, or this was already reported. This already like, for example, a good example of this is when Carson Wentz went on Good Morning Football a couple of weeks ago. And, I, and that's a great program. No, no disrespect against them. But all of a sudden, there's a bunch of articles saying, oh, he's on track week one, blah, blah, blah. Like, he already said this. He had a press conference <laughs> earlier uh, in April or whatever, you know, before the draft or around there where he said this. And all of a sudden, somehow it's news again, even though he said it like a week later. Like, it's just... It's just how the environment, the media environment works. It's just a, a gripe that none of you probably care about here. John, what was even the real qu- Oh, Sidney Jones. Sidney <laughs> Jones, Jones well, so. I just I just want to point out that Albert Beer probably didn't retweet you because he's too busy carrying the league's water. So, you know, and, we understand. Uh, you know, obviously just carrying the water for Boston fans, too, and <laughs> denying that he hates Philadelphia, even though that I have that tweet that yeah. proves all of his bias. Anyway. Sidney Jones is amazing, though. Sidney Jones is – he's looking good. I mean, he he had an interception on Nate Sudfeld. It was a throw where Sudfeld, like, you know, he – if it was a game, he would have thrown it away. But he threw it because it's practice. You know, he's just trying to get the rep, trying to, you know, try to make something happen when he knows who cares if I throw an interception. So, still, it was a nice diving interception in the corner of the red zone there. There's a time where I think he he got beat. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously this is going to happen. It's practice. You're going to get beat. You're going to make plays. So, again – I don't think he's like this total stud lockdown quarter from day one just yet. And look, the fact that Devontae Bosby, is an, uh, a guy who has been a journeyman, really, if you will, and was on the practice squad last year, was getting all of the first team reps over him certainly shows you that like Sidney Jones isn't just this total lock, undisputed player to make this instant impact from day one. But I mean, you have to be excited by his potential. And when again, we talked about it when we did our OTA re- recap on Tuesday but when you're looking at this corner position and you have all these names and you you have a guy like Devontae Bosby, and look, it's super early and it doesn't even necessarily mean anything because Patrick Robinson didn't look good last year at this time. So things can change. It could Definitely. be where Bosby looks good now and doesn't later. Totally possible. But he's had as good of a start as you can, and that's good to know for now. And it's good to know for this Eagles cornerback position as a whole because, look, Jeffrey Lurie even said it in his press conference uh, the owners' meetings this year, like that was something on their mind that, yeah, they won the Super Bowl and Jim Schwartz was asked about it and he was like, yeah, we won, 
But, I mean, they gave up, what, 505 yards? Like, you know, they can afford to get better in the secondary there. And it's good to know that all these young players who have now have another year under their belt, Sidney Jones, not a rookie anymore, same thing for Rizul Douglas. Uh, Bosby has been on, He's I think he's 25, so it's not like he's super, super young like the other rookies, but now he has a year in the scheme. And you just and then same thing with Darby. You traded for him late last summer. Now he has a year and he's not coming off the ankle injury like he was midseason. I think this secondary kind of has potential to be better than we probably realize right now. Oh, for sure. And it's in, you know, Jim Schwartz had even uh, mentioned that and, you know, behind the scenes of uh, of last year when he's on the scout team. And, you know, he's really uh, helping those guys get ready and. Uh, and and I don't know, like uh, coaches are going to say that, and they're going to prop well, no, up Jim players. But praise a lot of people, so that is yeah, no and that's that's kind of where I was heading there too. And then you start to hear like all the other stuff uh, that, that came out from that, and Alshon Jeffrey even mentioning his efforts last season, where he's just like, yeah, I remember I made a, said that. Yeah, I remember when I made a good play, I came to the sideline, and he was like, that looks the same. He's like, he, you you you're way better than them balls. Just keep at it. So it was nice hearing. <laughs> I it. wonder who that was too. That was a, that was a Redskins corner. It wasn't Norman apparently, but I, I yeah. wonder who that was. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. But that's like that that's uh that that's good. I mean, that's cool to to see that people are kind of pumping him up behind the scenes and, and looking at that way. And it, I mean, it it it's not. We're not, you know, making anything up here. He really does fit the part. I mean, he came out and he was really in sync with with everything that was going on in the last, you know, two times that the media is allowed to go and see him. So it, it is really an interesting case there, BLG, and we've talked about that a little bit too where you're dealing with all the depth. And I honestly believe that this is going to be um, a situation where, you know, at least for the earlier part of the season, I think you had that theory too, where they might just have – a, a nickel that is depending on package player and opponent, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't think there might be like a, a, a guaranteed starter there every time. It's just kind of whatever's in there, but unless somebody's just absolutely dominating everybody and you just right. want to want to stick them in there. So maybe you would see Sidney Jones and, you know, Darby and, uh, and Mills all on the same, uh, same field at one point, or maybe that's, that's uh, where, uh, you know, uh, Bosby comes in and, and does a lot of that stuff, depending on who to So it should be, it should be really interesting to see where the depth is at. And again, I know we keep saying it, but it really is amazing how we were sitting here last year and going like, God, there's just no fucking corners. They there's had to trade no for someone. Corners. They, they felt the same way. Yeah. And, they, you know, it's not like they were they were feeling good about Patrick Robinson if you're trading for Darby and, you know, uh, Jordan Matthews, uh, rest in peace wherever you are. I, I, you know, we love you. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be awesome to see how that shakes out, and it's a good – problem to have the other thing we wanted to note um before we get into questions here joe dolan who you should be following all the time i think it's fg underscore dolan uh on the twitter.com and um great fantasy guy so uh we're going to be doing a lot of different fantasy stuff this year and you want to make sure that he knows he also he's got a pretty good uh what how do do you want to phrase this blg a pretty good eye on the situation Let's say he's plugged in. That's he's always a good way in. to phrase it. <laughs> so we'll go with that. He's he's pretty plugged in on uh, on some stuff. Uh, BLG, what was he saying about Corey Clement? Yeah, I mean, he was tweeting out that the that uh, for him he will have a lot of Corey Clement this year. I'm guessing in his his leagues that he does, and he says he's affordable, and which he is. By the way, if you look at a lot of the fantasy football rankings, I was looking at Evan Silva's 100 top 50. I was looking at some of the other ones. Evan, know, unblock he, me, by the way, please. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, right. 
he, he's not in there. He's not on that top list. I mean, a lot of people have Ajayi being the guy. But, I mean, Corey Clement, and I even said this when I was doing when I was looking at a practice the other day, that when they were doing red zone drills, a lot of the time he was the running back in there. I mean, and then that's obviously huge for fantasy guys. Like, fantasy guys see that and they're like, oh, my gosh, touchdowns, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> Joe Dolan was saying that he – is told the Eagles absolutely love Corey Clement. And, and that wouldn't you? leads me to, John, to ask you, is it really crazy to think that Corey Clement could be the lead back? Now, lead back, they're still doing a committee because they're always going to sure. be doing a committee, especially with the backs they have here. But could he like take it over? Could he be the guy by the end of the season? It's amazing how one year changes your opinion, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why, Why wouldn't he be Why able not? to? Yeah, I mean, like, there's, there's, yeah, to take the, the first two downs or to be, you know, 100%. And I'll address something that actually the Next Level guy said, uh, I believe it was two episodes ago. Um, Jay and Jai can't make people miss. That was their take. And I thought that was... Yeah, not exactly correct. <laughs> but, I mean, he's not I mean, like gonna juke someone like no, Shady, but he no. can like freaking run through. Yeah, people. well, in that in that context, yes, I wouldn't call him like a shake and bake guy that makes people miss. So maybe they're right. Um, I still like the way he runs, despite all that. I mean, runs through contact and runs against violent. contact, violent runner, which is great. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. If the roles are reversed this season, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Corey Clement and then Jay Ajayi in situational parts of this. Like almost he takes over the Garrett Blunt role, and then you know it's going to uh, who takes the Jay Ajayi. Like okay. that's that's yeah. it. where you're going to see you know occasions. Well, he'll he'll be out there to start the game on you know uh, the sure. first couple of drives or whatever. But I think Corey might end up. Uh, you know, t- switching over and taking that, and wh- and again, it's all for the same things. Like this time last year, uh, even in OTAs, I mean, I can't tell you guys how many times a deuce was on his butt, just making raw minced meat out of it, chewing it up and spitting it out, and be like, that that's fucking wrong, you know, all of that. Like it was just constant, 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 especially with blocking, and literally. In off season and practices, you know, obviously throughout throughout the season, transformed him almost immediately. To me, that speaks. I mean, it speaks a ton about Deuce. I don't want to discredit about that. It speaks a ton about Corey Clement, a yeah. ton about where his mentality is and where he's going to grow and be. And and he kind of still feels the pressure. Um, and I remember talking to him last week in the same field. By the way, he's got a really sweet. Did you notice that BLG? He's got a nice little Super Bowl Fifty Two neck tattoo. I didn't know that. Uh, that's his, great. On his uh, on his left hand side, it looks. Uh, Why not? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I would do here. So, um, I I I I really do believe that Beal. Do, do, do you? Like I I one hundred percent think he could be the the feature back in a committee. Here's where I'm at with it. I'm not going to just assume it happens. Like I'm not like I think that's where I guess some people say like it's definitely going to happen. And I can't. I'm not there yet. But I was probably too ruling it out too much before, and I shouldn't. How can I? Like you said, he proved us so wrong last year. Yeah. And like, I think where the only like hesitation I have too, I don't think he's like the best natural runner. I mean, like when you look at his rushing stats, still, um, they weren't like exceptional. You know what I mean? By contrast, Jay Ajayi was averaging what like five point six yards per carry. Yeah. Like I think Corey. 
Clement was at more like 4.4 last year. Like he wasn't bad. It was it was good, but like it's not anything exceptional. So I think and I, I think that's the thing with Corey Clement, and that's what we've always said. He's not an exceptional player, but he can be still a really good player, a really good role player, especially or a valuable guy who comes in on that third down role. And the Super Bowl, that's what everyone that's what has everyone so excited, including myself, seeing him in that role. Because we hadn't seen him in that full kind of Oh my God! This guy's making great catches. He's busting off right. some big plays. I, I maybe that kind of just synced up well with him developing too. Like it just took him to that point in the season to really get comfortable in that role, and then for the Eagles to trust him in that way, he kind of worked his way into that. And now it'll be interesting to see if they go to him more often. But you also have to consider Darren Sproles is back, so there's a lot of moving parts there as well. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see though, really, what Corey Clement does in year two. And I'm and look, I'm again a Jai has been here now for a full like he's going to be have the full off season. Yeah. He's not coming in mid-season. Contract year um, too. You know, I mean it's contract year. I'm really interested to see what I'm not writing him off by any means. I think, you know, it's going to be again, and with this offensive line, getting back to I was talking about the continuity that they have earlier and like that's going to be interesting to watch. You're going to have this offensive line that's still really good and these backs who are really good. And I think I was saying it a couple podcasts ago, you know, you're bringing Carson Wentz back uh, if he's healthy, he should be playing. But also, maybe you try to run, you know, lean on the run a little bit more, especially so you're not having him drop back like you know 40 times a game. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be nice and and needed. Uh, so uh, at least until you know you're halfway through the season. So I hope we don't mush uh, Corey now that we're there. And he didn't want an upgrade. Maybe he he was thinking maybe th- that Deuce could call him Alexis. Instead of the Honda, he goes, I think yeah. I've earned that. He deserves it. Yeah. He deserves it. So uh, I don't know if it'll catch on, but we will definitely call you the Lexus in for a touchdown. It has a nice ring to it. And seriously, dude, get it, get a car endorsement. For the love of Christ, we're calling you all these car names. Pick one uh, for the season and just, you know, upgrade as you as your career upgrades. I think that's a fantastic idea. Uh, give me uh, – shout us an email, info at bgnradio.com. <laughs> it's also where you can leave your comments and questions and things to us uh, if you want to. And uh, we'll also take some questions right now on our BGN radio feed at BGN underscore radio. Before we do that, just a reminder, once again, I'm telling you, tonight is the night. You have to come drink beer with us. I'm not going to let this go until it's completely sold out. I will hunt you down. Yeah, I I will. I'll come and knock on your door. You have to come to the opening tap, and it's at the Fillmore for 45 bucks and a 10% off coupon when you use the promo code BGN18. Go to phillylovesbeer.org. We're going to be broadcasting live there. Great live music. Uh, 6.30 to 10.30. There's VIP access if you want the bump up for the $60 tickets, which, again, is, you know, at a discount at 10%. BGN18, the promo code phillylovesbeer.org. At the Fillmore opening tap, please come tonight. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's get to the questions. And, of course, uh, what is turned into our mortal enemy? As Jack Fritz, that son of a bitch, walked into me and Vince Quinn's meeting uh, today with a camera and just said, why are you suppressing the Counterpoint podcast? And that continues to be his question tonight, BLG. <laughs> and uh, because you're too big for your britches, Jack. That's what I'm going to go ahead and say. You walk in there like your dick's fucking 10 feet tall, and we know that's not true, and you just need to calm down. That's all I'm saying. And if and maybe maybe if we got Counterpoint 
you know, um, uh, once more than once a week. We would put it on more than once a week. But you can't even handle that. You couldn't even handle some of them at, uh, you know, uh, a, a Friday deadline. You know how many times we've moved the Counterpoint podcast on BGN Radio? Seven. Because that guy can't figure out when he wants to record or I got to be in the mood or, oh, I don't know what to talk about or, dude, and all this other stuff. That's why, Jack Fritz. That's why. You come to the table. You better come to play. What do you think, BLG? I look. I was like J- Jack. I even have an idea for you. I want to do a Nick Foles podcast with you because we need to. We need. I need to elaborate on my Nick Foles take more. Like I, I told you, it's very nuanced. I need a whole podcast just for it. And I think. I think Counterpoint's the right fit. And Jack was like, "No, eh. man, it can't be." He wants to do it, but he doesn't want it as a Counterpoint podcast. He wants it as something else. But then what? El- what else is it if Jack is on it? You know. You don't want to. You. You know what Jack's response is to everything. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> like, if you just had a soundtrack of his life, it would be, yeah, we'll see. So, you know, listen, counterpointers, we love you. We're in the trust tree, too. It's just sometimes uh, Jack Fritz decides to try to burn down our own trust tree. At, it's a uh, false flag. Yeah, it's a false flag. Just, you know, everybody calm down. We're one big happy family. From uh, the Kiss and Solak Show, it's amazing that, like, the first two questions are our guys, and I love that about us. Uh, Benjamin Solak, do you have anyone in your life that you would burn her for? As again, stay tuned for the Easter egg because we got to get into this Colangelo thing for sure. I, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I would fake an account for anybody because, like, if this isn't a prime example of don't try to pretend to be somebody else while having sensitive information and trying to get your point across, I think I'm good, BLG. Would you burn her for anybody? Well, first of all, when you just said there, hey, look, the first two questions are from our guys, I thought to myself, man, what if, like, the only people who listen to us are actually oh, yeah. like, <laughs> people are involved in this? So one big like, click farm oh, somewhere. <laughs> it's just, yeah, like, we're just going to eventually just hire everyone to yeah. just, you know. And then oh, man. Well, so, let me ask but, you this. Yeah. But answer that too. But do you think any one of us have burner accounts? Sure. I mean, why not? I think I had one a long time ago, and I forgot the password to it. But that was just because I wanted to talk about video games and other stuff, and people got annoyed when I did that on my timeline. Yeah. But then it became acceptable again. So, how about you? Do you have any burners? Uh, can't talk about that. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. I think if I had to do it for someone, I think it would be for Joel Embiid. Oh yeah, I would do that too. I would do that just at Hoops Critic. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I would just make his life miserable. As, as I would have 50 different accounts and make uh, Hoops Critic quit. Yeah, I still, I, I never forget. Uh, Brian, uh, so <laughs> uh, let's. Uh, oh, our good friend uh, willing to go ham, Josh Adams, pump. Or Smallwood, which would have to make the roster and why? Uh, BLG, you want to start? Well, you're forgetting Matt Jones too here, Christian. So correct. That's a name but you I think he's specifically saying like, what would they have to do to beat him out? Oh, oh, wait. Josh Adams pumps. Which would you have to make the? Uh, well, I mean, ideally, in an ideal world, it would be Donald Pumphrey. Like, if yes. Donald Pumphrey is good, that would be great. That would be awesome. I want like everyone should want that to be the case. They spent a fourth round pick on this guy, not just because of that, but because like if he can be the player they thought, that would be great. Now, you know, I, I just think his his in theory, not in I don't know in actuality anymore, but in theory, <laughs> his ceiling should be higher than those other two guys. But unfortunately, I just don't think that's the reality of it. And uh, so which would 
I have make the roster and why out of yeah. those guys. Uh, it's tough. I, I want to say Adams, but he hasn't been practicing, so that's hard. Yeah. I would I would say Smallwood just if 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 I could guarantee Smallwood would stay healthy, which you know you can't. But if I could, I would probably take him. But uh, I guess I'm just going to lean. I said Josh Adams when we did this question about the four running backs earlier this offseason. The yeah. fact that he's missing time definitely is a concern for me. But he's just the youngest, I guess. And and I guess I'm just betting on that. Here's my answer. None of them. Oh, yeah. oh okay. That's <laughs> which answer. I'm saying which which would I have any? None of them. Because... Uh, you have to pick one. Come on. No, like, none you of have them. To pick one. All right. No, fine. let's say in this. It's, that's the question. Right. It says you have to pick one in this situation. <sighs> God, I'm gonna stick with man. I know it's not great. I'm gonna. I'll say Josh Adams because I I just can't. The other two are so close in what they do. And let me say this: I don't know where it's coming from. And this is not just because of, like, I hope he works out. I hope Donnell Pumphrey, just like you said, BLG works out. He does not look any different than last year. Zero percent difference. Not he in had terms one of- play on Tuesday where, I don't know if it was a handoff or a short throw, I didn't see the beginning of it, so I was looking at, uh, like, the offensive lineman or, some, or something somewhere else, and he kind of looked a little quick there. It could have just he? been one play, right. I don't know, but... I haven't That's his, like career highlight for me. Yeah, right now. <laughs> I haven't seen one thing, including you know warmups and punt returning. Like there, there's no burst. And if I don't know, man. Like again, I hope I'm wrong because that way, uh, so like in Tehran can you know dance on my grave and things like that. But like it, I just don't, I I don't see anything different thus far. Not like we've been saying with Shelton Gibson and a lot of those other guys that are really standing out. I just I just don't see it. Uh, from Mr. Respect Your Girl at <laughs> Shitstoke Says from Cuckland, <laughs> USA. God, I mean, that is if that's not a great account, I don't know what is. Is Sproul's p- playmaking ability being overstated coming off an oh. ACL tear? I don't think so because, uh, well, I mean, you could think of that. You know, you're a little older. They're not going to heal this quickly, but he did it so early in the season. But I, I would say it's probably not. I, I know this guy. I've seen this guy ask this question before, and – Look, I get you. I, I don't. I, I don't agree with this. I don't. I've seen you say this before, and I actually have this in my mailbag too. I think I'm going to address it. Dude, like Sproles was averaging a pretty respectable yards per reception in the the games he played last year. Small sample size, obviously, but it was, I think it was over ten. And his rushing average was the highest on the team. I think it was like four point something two. Like he was, he was effective. He was looking good early last season, and obviously he had the injury. We'll see. And also, he was looking good at a time where the offensive line was a mess in terms of run blocking. Like they couldn't remember we were talking about it oh, early yeah. in the season. Like this run game is going to be disaster. Other than Sproles, like that's the only thing you have. I don't, I don't agree with this. And I still think he is one of the best punt returners in the league. So I don't, I don't agree. I don't agree that I'm not worried about him. I still think I think he's a, still pretty good. Uh, Brian Knight chiming in. How many burner accounts do you have uh, at Project Avant? Is well, I'll just tell you this, Brian. Because I know we answered that question already, but if you don't think that I'm going to investigate BLG immediately after his answer, you're crazy. So uh, at info, Look. at uh, maybe we should make an account at InfoWars, <laughs> BGNRadio.com. Oh, oh, to, I mean, to have, I mean, if they're not paying attention to what BLG's doing while he's licking frogs and licking batteries, I don't know what, how can you not see this? 
Uh, oh um, my gosh! Yeah, maybe we should. Oh God! I think we just found something to off of off the Counterpoint podcast. We'll New just segment. Have the just the craziest uh, podcast <laughs> possible. Where we'll just come up with weird. I mean, I wish you could fan since '09 to do that. We'll reinvent that in Andy Money, and I think we're onto something there. Uh, this is from uh, from Tony uh, Branchini. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And uh, if I am, That's please right. correct me. Uh, is it just good old fashioned jealousy that is driving you to suppress the Counterpoint podcast? Look. Uh, the only jealous one here is Fritz, and that's it. We've we've laid out so many things. Can I just say this too, uh, oh, Jack, man. Jack? John just going in on Jack. If if Jack wants to act like a big shot, maybe he should edit his own shows. Maybe he should oh, produce man. his own shows. Maybe the sixty-seven marks in his first fifteen podcasts, and it did take that long to edit all the breaths and ums and uhs and spaces in between to make sure that he's a smooth operator. So you guys don't notice how many times he flubs up an audio track maybe he could do that instead of me next time uh and 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 i gotta say uh all of that aside i mean it's amazing how jack went from that to like 39 episodes in and now he really does sound good but besides that i mean we there was so much help along the way so let's let's not act like you know uh he was just doing this from the jump uh let's get into a few more because there's one that i want to say for the easter egg uh, Dylan Murphy, a good friend. What's up, buddy? Thanks for tuning in and questions uh, all around. What do you do with Sewell? Damn it. Uh, we're, we're all quickly to uh, want to move Mills to safety, but I think Sewell is a much better fit, and I think he can handle big tight ends. I see him as a sneaky potential McLeod replacement. I'm going to say that that's not great for him. I do think he's a corner, and I think Mills is can play safety. Not that he is a safety, but... Um, I don't know. I think uh, and and Jim Schwartz even had said that too. I mean, when you say now nah, he's going to stick on the outside, most of the time when corners can't play slot, um, probably not the best uh, idea for them. Do you agree with that, BLG? Yeah, I don't think Rizzol is a safety. I think he's kind of more of a matchup corner, and and obviously That's mostly a good point. being a backup. But like as Dylan says here, like if there is a big tight end or if it's a week where they're going up against. Um, I don't know who's a big receiver that I can't think of right now. I, I, I was going to say Calvin Johnson. He's not in the league, but someone like that, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, someone yeah. like very big like that. Uh, or like the Cardinals the, bring, uh, oh, they're not even playing the Cardinals. It's like Calvin themselves. Benjamin. You know, yeah, there they're you going go. up against like this big, big corner fat and they want to like match him up against him <laughs> from, from time to time. I think that's kind of where you, you should use him. Because I look, I saw Rizal cover Dallas Goddard, Philly Goddard one-on-one in practice the other day and he looked great. He totally shut him down. He didn't like let him get into his route. He broke up the the pass as soon as it uh, got to him. So I can definitely see him having some success there. Uh, last one from uh, Flintlock97. Take BLG's blood uh, pressure oh, no. before and after this comment. This <laughs> when will BLG submit to the fact that being an all-time Eagle is not only about accumulation of stats, it's about the mark that you leave on the franchise. Right. Obviously, this is going back to our WIP show where we're – Fighting about foals in a in a top ten, and again, he's not a top ten eagle. He's just not. I'm sorry. It's just not. <laughs> All you're, right, you're not giving enough like credit. It's it's that is such a recency bias world. We it is a recency bias world that we live in, but like just that doing that, and you're not giving enough weight to. I know other players didn't win the Super Bowl, but it's not like. But other players also weren't set up as well as Nick Foles was in this instance. You know, like who That's else? True. It was you know where are these other players handed a pretty much a, like prime position to get the number one seed? No, it's like you have to look at the context. No, just come on, no, no, 
Yeah, he's I, not. I you listen. Uh, I you can put whatever eagle you want. I think we had one guy put all oh. ten Super Bowl guys <laughs> in there uh, after that show uh, was going on with that. So, um, if you want a little more. And uh, you are up for a little Sixers talk. Stay tuned for the Easter egg after the outro music because we're going to talk about this Calendula thing and we'll get to um, uh, King underscore Charles III's question when we get into it as well. So, uh, once again, phillylovesbeer.org. Tonight, be there, 630. I mean, it is cheaper than a bar tab, gang, and you can drink as much beer as you want for four hours. And we're there. We're there. We're going to be broadcasting live. It's going to be great. Souvenir cups. Uh, Philly uh, loves beer.org. Promo code BGN18. BLG, final thoughts? Final thoughts. I'm going to do the review information now at the end of the podcast. Mm. I'm going to say that we have 875 ratings right yes. now, which is good. And apparently we have a couple on the Australian iTunes. Yes, thank you. Who, who did that again? I can't remember. Somebody shut us out. Yes, that was right this morning. Um, Good podcasting here, as always. I, why can't I find it? I totally <laughs> it's uh, Simon. Simon Kawanishi. Ah, nice. Thank you, Simon, for pointing that out, sir. He lives in Australia there, in Melbourne. Um, so that's good no, no, to no. know. No, no, no. Melbourne. Okay. <laughs> Get it right. I don't right. think that counts towards the, the total. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that actually counts but towards we're the gonna total. Start, well, we'll have to just start switching stores, and I saw that Simon was really... Because there's like a, you know, there's a, like... I'm sure there's an England English one, like yeah, a British one that. too. Like I don't know, but in any case, right, 875 American ones and <laughs> 14 reviews. And I wanted to read a review here. It's a short one, and oh, it yeah. kind of relates to what we're talking about um, with with Jack. Uh, title is Great Eagles Insight, five stars. This is from Ryan Orgy, which is quite a name, What's and up, it Ryan? is. I am very tempted to give four stars due to Counterpoint being associated with the other My podcast. God. But I just couldn't do that to the rest of you guys. Oh, what a good – see, that's a good uh, – right there, nothing but love for you, man. Thank you very much. So, you know, Fritz thinks he's trying to build a community of, of his friends, which he should be. I mean, the trust tree is strong, but really he's trying to tell her, tear us all apart. So I need you to, uh, to tweet at Jack Fritz WIP and just say – Hashtag stop tearing us apart, and then and and I bet he won't even listen to this because that's the kind I listen to every single one of his podcasts because I think it's great, and I bet you he will have no idea that we're talking about right now. So there's so, your hashtag. Hashtag stop, stop tearing, tearing us apart. Us apart. A pot. A pot. <laughs> uh, and uh, with that being said, I uh, I love you all dearly for listening to episode three sixteen. Stone Cold style right here on Bleeding Green Nation and VGNRadio.com. We'll see you guys. BLG, what the fuck kind of franchise are we rooting for here? Like after after two and a half years of dealing with with Collins, and then um, you Sam Hinkie comes in and, and and just you know we're writing novellas about him, and now we're in this weird situation that just keeps going on and on and on and on. Like I don't believe that the story is still real, but Brian Colangelo's wife. Uh, allegedly 
with very hard evidence, thanks to Legs and uh, Legs Sanity and a bunch of other great Sixers Twitter. Like, Sixers Twitter figured this thing out before the Sixers investigation was done. And uh, Brian Colangelo had a burner account. His wife apparently had three burner accounts to defend uh, a lot of bad news that was coming. It was all timed up with, you know, uh, shutting down, uh, what was it? Shutting down Simmons and shutting down Embiid or the meniscus tear at one point. Just all the big stories that we all fought about for the last two years. Here's Brian Colangelo's wife trying to be uh, identified as a, a gay person and just like not <laughs> for no particular 77 reason. 77-year-old man. Yeah, too. a 77-year-old man. Yeah. A disabled uh, parking attendant, and you're just going like, what an insane, like why, of all the people that you could pick, like why those? That was one of my first questions. Well, but to throw them off the track, obviously. I guess so, but like you chose that? You could have literally been anything. Like you didn't have to make yourself, uh, I don't know, <laughs> any of those caricatures that you were trying to, to put out there, but seriously... I don't know what to say anymore. I'm just, I can't, just like everybody else, I keep waiting for the, I know the other say, shoe Don. to drop. All right, tell me. Don, I will say that that is a normal caller. Move on. Find a new slayer. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's, I can't believe, I, I just still can't believe that's a thing. It's been a couple of days now. I just still can't believe that's like a real thing that was tweeted <laughs> like who was tweeting that like it has to be his wife right i mean like who no else would care about his collars that much other than like him himself but we we've seen like that it can't always be him because there's been tweets when he's been having press conferences and they're not scheduled because they're like it's replying the account is replying as he's having a press conference so <laughs> man it is so bizarre it is so it's so interesting that i i honestly on what was it here i guess wednesday like I woke up and, and I just I had a hard time doing BGN stuff. I was just so like consumed yeah. by this story. I was like, I, I stayed like, up all matters. night. I stayed up More all than... night the night before. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like, so did I. I stayed up late, and I was like, this. It honestly just feels like this matters more than anything else right now. <laughs> so it tells you. Um, where my priorities are clearly lined up correctly because that is true. Um, it is. It's just nuts, though, man. I just don't like as of we're we're recording right now at nine twenty one. On Thursday, uh, May thirty first, yeah. and I just can't believe that he's not fired yet. Like, I guess they're waiting until tomorrow. But I mean, if he's here by tomorrow, like, what are we doing? How are they? How are they not moving on? Like, this is a this isn't like something that gets forgotten about, or not at all. like the time frame doesn't matter. Like, every minute that passes is like this thing is ticking, man. Yeah, it really is, and it's not. And as they're because the finals are just coming on right now as we're recording this, and they interviewed Adam Silver, and Adam Dave, Sil Silver. Dave Silver, excuse me, uh, Dave Silver was saying that there was a New York law firm that has also been hired to look into this uh, to kind of find out you know what what exactly the shenanigans are. And again, I just want to reemphasize this: Twitter figured this out in less than twenty four hours, um, yeah. and so there there's that element to it. I'm sure that it's a mad scramble now unless there's here's i'm gonna say something blg <laughs> all right i have a theory now all of this is just speculation i would ha wouldn't have a hard time believing that scott o'neill is behind this 
In terms of the leak. Yes. Because who's doing the accounts? Uh his, no, his, his wife, wife is still doing the accounts. I just think this okay. this was an an obvious How does Scott know it's his wife then? Open because if somebody knows somebody's gotta know in the building, that's where it came know, from, yes. right? I mean this somebody somebody had to know about this. Um So why does Scott want Brian out? Because I don't think they like each other. <laughs> That's my thing. I don't, th- or it can, it's my not. Somebody in the front office doesn't like Brian Colangelo, and if you want to move on from him, how do you do that after a fifty-two game win, win winning season? You know, this is something that just wouldn't pop up. I don't, and in all respect to the Ringer, by the way, for for breaking this story. Yeah, and, they did a great and job sticking with it. Like phenomenal job by them. Um, and Ben Dietrich. Who, Although I think they could have, you know, I think some of the sleuthing that was done on Twitter, they could have <laughs> well, done. True but, too. Yeah, but still, like you know, you, when you're when you're, I, I we've all been there before. When you're really hyper focused on mm-hmm. these particular things, you know, the, it just kind of opens up, and sometimes you uh, you don't see uh, it again from the outside. But I, 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 yeah, like I really don't think. That anybody would go well. I mean, I, I I take that back. It could be just like an intern or somebody else like that that just you know whispered through because uh, you if you leave your DMs open a lot of the time too, you're gonna get weird information that sometimes you do or don't follow up. I know that there are a lot of people that do that um, and and just kind of follow the trail and investigate. Like, hey, I heard that this and this. Like, you know, somebody calls our uh, Saturday WIP show and says like, hey, I think that. Uh, <laughs> Filippo's gonna leave because he doesn't really like uh, hanging out in the locker room or whatever. And like, who knows if that's true? But he's not here anymore. So you know, just stuff like that you can kind of keep track of and follow up on. But I, I don't know. I think there is a um, I, I d- like I kind of believe the the part of Brian where it kind of he's like I don't I don't think he knew. I don't think he knew. Do you? I've changed my mind on this. Do you think he knew that his wife was tweeting about it? Well, here's what I do know. And basically, like, we saw, like, okay, so someone called the Sixers, or the Ringer called the Sixers to let them know about two of the accounts. I guess that being the one he confirmed, and then Eric Jr. or whatever. And they denied, you know, the Eric Jr. one. And then they, but they confirmed the one that actually we know that is him that hasn't tweeted anything. But then, like, it was an hour afterwards that the three ones that the Sixers didn't know, the Ringer didn't know about, those were all locked down. So, I mean, how, like, yeah, how did those get locked down? <laughs> That's <laughs> like, what I mean. How so, did that so quickly, too, right? So it's just, yeah, it was or an hour, apparently. Could it have been. Is, Here's another thing is I wanted it, to say it, about this. Well, I just, want to, I just want to put on my tinfoil hat and then take it off. Is it possible? That because there are because everybody else found out that newsletter where Brian Colangelo's wife's name, email address, and phone number are in there, if they found that out in 24 hours, what's to stop somebody using that when they sign up? You know, f- for those three right. Twitter accounts. Yeah, it's a fair. It's a fair point. Um, that's the only other thing I thought. But go ahead, BLG. Well, but that's the th- like that's part of why they can't like. Obviously, things don't look good for him, but right. we don't know. Like, there's always that like one percent chance it could be this weird thing, and that it could be it could be someone trying to frame him because like that's what they would do, right? <laughs> like, yeah. You just said like this is what they would do. So, I mean, I don't think that's the likely thing. I think it's it's always possible, but I don't think it's the likely thing. 
I here, where I'm at with it and, and what you said about O'Neill or whoever it is, I think it's completely plausible that – well, first of all, it's plausible in any front office that people don't like each other because we see that all the time. Yes. But in this specific situation with Colangelo, if he was truly forced in there, which it seems like, by the NBA, you know, the people who are in there already aren't necessarily going to like that. And with the team facing such a critical offseason, they're coming off, you know, a season where they did great. They exceeded expectations. They won 52 games, won a playoff series, and like they have a chance to get LeBron or Kawhi or whoever now. Certainly. I, I could totally see someone being like, look, we got to get him out of here because this is our time to secure the future of the franchise. And we feel like he yep. can't do it. And right. it's crazy, but I don't think it's. I certainly don't think it's impossible. Yeah, and and and, and neither do I. And I, th- like I, we obviously know that, the, like there has always been a power struggle with the Sixers organization. That's something that I, no matter what we think of Brian Colangelo, which you know it's not favorable anyway. There's always been some form of like, uh, you know, I don't obviously the owners. Uh, don't really see eye to eye. And this is the other thing, too, and I, I don't know if it's been explained already, but clearly th- his wife um, was, it, or it seems to me, like he, she was the leaker of the, you know, the the hinky manifesto at the end there, too, because that kind of like... You think t- his wife leaked it now? Well, yeah, because, like, look at... Uh, think of all the things, like, in... in oh, and now I'm, now I'm setting the, the tinfoil hat way over in the corner, but just think about that. Like, if if... Somebody had, uh, you know, somebody kind of t- tipped that off or like, you know, it's like, oh, this is so funny. Let me. Yeah, I don't know. All I, I, I maybe I shouldn't say that, but I what I what I am looking at through this this whole thing here is that, you know, I, I guess if you don't know this is I, I I really do kind of I'm all back and forth I have no idea what to say that's why I there's I have just no thing I want to say yeah please do because I'm struggling here how pathetic is it like let's put aside that you know let's first of all the Sixers should fire Brian Clayton they have to I don't see the only way right I think he they they reasonably cannot fire him like like there's a path where he, his job can be saved is if it they the the whole thing was set up by another member of the Sixers front office where which good they, luck to they leaked that. it and they staged it and they fired that guy instead right like the, it's it's tough at that point I mean there's already been a lot of damage done and maybe Colangelo still needs to lose his job at that point I don't because some of those things still reflect his feelings which is what we've heard from well, and the and elsewhere infor- and the information got out because of him still right so but. But, I mean, like, that's the only, like, reasonable, like, okay, like, I guess I can kind of see that. Like, it, it makes some sense in my head. But put that aside for a second. Let's just say the likely thing, which I think he, he will get fired and I think he needs to be. And just the – makes me so mad. And I really, really hope that Sixers reporters, you know, our good friends Derek Bodner and Kyle Newbeck and, and Rich Hoffman and the like there really – Press the owners the next time they they get to talk to them about you know like was Brian Colangelo forced onto this team and how pathetic is it that the league was not happy with Sam Hinkie for optics reasons yeah. and they basically forced him out but they brought in a guy who was clearly even worse and that like that just that's such a slap in the face it's so ridiculous it's so. It's like, how can I even root for this team? Like, they're bringing in this guy who is malicious and even worse, and 
and they said things were like we all accepted the uh, the hinky being out Colangelo thing right. like we could all rationalize it sure. to an extent and feel like okay there's still enough here uh, we still love the players but at this point it's like what's left if that's going to be the if this is this is the reality now like what do we do I don't even that's the thing like, how do we handle this like I, I we still like the players clearly but it's just like. How do we even trust this front office at this point? Or we or never even have. It's not the I never front have. office it's the, in the league forcing it on them. Like, how do we even like? How do we come to to like to? How do we come to accepting that this the league allowed this and not only allowed this, like forced this into happening? How do we even watch the sport anymore? Like, that's where I'm at with it. The only time that I will feel completely comfortable is if they just sell the franchise. And that's that's but, t- but tonight. That's but John, like if they the owner, if the league forced him in here, does it really matter? No. Uh, well, yeah. Then it really does matter because then you that that leads to a whole bunch of other things, right? So that is. So it, you're saying the owners here are too weak? I guess they're so fucking weak, and it's and because they don't not give the, it. The, the, but there's no guarantee they sell it and you get like a, a strong owner. I mean, it's, they no. I'm saying I'm 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 saying if it is eventually found out that it is true that they stepped in and said you have to get rid of Sam Hinkie or there's going to be repercussions or fines or something or whatever, yeah. then you have no backbone and you got to look at Adam Silver and say no. This is what we're doing. This is our process. We will be where we need to be in one more year. Stop and get off my back. And and just take it. And they didn't do that. They cowered. They went and did all of this. And that's why I'm saying it all leads to this. It's not like Brian yeah, Colangelo. I'm not trying to defend the ownership, too, by the way. No, no, I know you're not. Yeah. But it's you're just dealing with the, the reality of the situation. I'm just saying it could be even above them. Like, even if you had the best ownership, the NBA could still, like, try to – because that's that's what literally happened here. Like the NBA forced something on them, and I know the owners may have had a part in it, but like but if to, the league ultimately wants it, they can find a way to get it done. They're the ultimate authority here. And to bring that back to what I was saying, like be, because that you know it might look like the owners are going like, oh, okay, good, you know, we got that, we got that hink dog out of here. Thank God, you know, I'm glad you stepped in. It doesn't mean that everybody in the building was happy about it, right? And I'm not talking about hinky people. I'm just talking about people in general. There, I mean, that's the thing. It's there's we've seen this so far. And I and let me just say this too. I respect so many people in that building in their jobs, especially Dave Scholler, who's their new PR guy. And I just feel so bad for him right now because there's no fucking way to spin this any other way. And all of the social media team is fantastic. I love every single one of them. I like people in the marketing department. I like people that are you know just below in the front office and helping out and assisting and doing all that stuff. Everybody's great there. But it, when it comes to this stuff, like there is, again, so much of a power struggle that people think that they want to be GM or people think that they know better than the GM. And it wouldn't put it past me at all if this was kind of that push and play of like, okay – Owners, you accepted this, and then you brought in you brought in Jerry Colangelo's son. Are you kidding me? There was no interview process, really, and now we're at this point, and now we have an opportunity to be an Eastern Conference Finals contender or a Finals contender or whatever with one big offseason, and we need LeBron or Kawhi or C.J. McCollum or whatever they end up deciding, and they don't believe in the plan that he's about to go and give? Boom. You give them this, you know, and – but – let let's be clear on one other thing here too. This is so much more embarrassing than Sam Hinkie. <laughs> like oh, it's yeah, not like even by, a question. It's not even close. 
and it's and no matter how you felt on that line, this is ridiculous. That this that is unethical. Sense, like, yeah, that? like this is like this is like Sam Hinkie. Maybe you didn't like what he was doing, but like Sam Hinkie had good interests in mind. At least, I mean, I guess people won't be able to agree with that. Everyone, but he was trying to build this thing. Like this isn't even team building. Like Calandro's not trying to, or whoever running the burning these burner accounts isn't trying to build teams. Like that's no. none of that's constructive in any way. What Hinky was doing was trying to be constructive. Whether you agree with it or not, that was his goal. This is just this is just like dumb. It's dumb. It's it's um it's unethical. It is it is just a, a great way to shred the the culture that Brett Brown has worked so hard to build here. Yeah. It's and that's like the story that gets burned. We're not even talking about the fact that he earned a new contract. Like that's not it. Yeah. It was a story for five minutes, and then it moved on to this thing and that thing. And that's, you know, there is. And I think our our boss and the person, the best authority on Sixers podcasting, uh, because there's only one Sixers podcast as well. Right, Sergey Sanchez and Spike Eskin said, like, how how on earth are you supposed to have continuity with this many leadership changes? At crucial times, like it's just, yeah. it's it's ridiculous, which scares me because now, um, through all of this, although I, we were always right, no matter if, if we were wrong, uh, th- th- this will definitely have an effect on on what happens in the next three weeks, four weeks, whatever it is, it, like the next month. That's a really interesting part of this. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily as black and white as being like, oh, this is good or this is bad. Because I think if you look at it in that you didn't trust Calandolo, and maybe if they hire and they fire him and they hire a good GM now, you know, I maybe you know that could be better. But then just the the specter of like the cloud of this hanging over the organization, even with him being gone, because it happened at all. I mean, I could see that too. So. I don't know. I think it's it's like it's not as black and white to me right now. No, uh, but the only thing I will say is if they do have a GM fairly quickly, not, <laughs> probably not going to unconvince me on the position of like somebody kind of wanted this to get out at the same time. So I, uh, I, I don't know what to think. I'm in for the wild ride. By the time that this probably comes out, who knows, the Friday news dump – might have them uh, gone and, and done, and uh, then I have a lot more questions. And you're right. And I, I'll, I'll leave this as a final Easter egg because I didn't really have a final thought, uh, specifically to the guys we talked about, Kyle Newbeck and uh, Rich Hoffman and uh, Derek Bodner and all those guys. I know they have that 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 dog in them. Um, everybody else needs to turn it on because if it's, if it's one thing throughout this process, uh, I know for a fact – that Brian Colangelo has tried to give bad information to media members, and some of those media members ran with it. Do not let this hang. Like, this is for just for for all of us. Please do not relent. Work together somehow. You don't have to call each other the night before and get, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to ask this question. That's not how it works, and I understand that. But just listen to the room. Push when you have to push. And don't go easy on them. Do not. This is this is the most ridiculous story of all time, and this is your one opportunity to really nail this thing down, to see where it goes and the answers that are responded to. Uh, I uh, any 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 last thoughts on this BLG? It went. Oh, and the other thing is like this was hilarious to me about thirty six hours ago, and now it's starting to get very depressing. 
I'm not. I don't think I'm at the point of depression yet. But it's it's just like it's time to move on. Come on, let's move on. Let's try to salvage this thing as much as we can. Not saying it'll be easy, or I don't even know if it's possible at all. But like, I think we just need to turn the page because this is going to be a story until he's gone. Like that's just and it. And if he is gone, it's not going to go away necessarily right away. But it will go away. Yeah, you know, it, it's going to fade. If you, it's like all right, we're turning the page. This isn't. He's gone now. Whatever. We have this new guy. It's a new regime. I kind of just think that's what it has to be. Yeah, I, I do too. So hope you enjoyed the Easter egg, y'all. Uh, now go listen to uh, Vince Quinn's awesome thing on Patreon and the Kiston Solak Show, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow at the Fillmore. Love you guys.